Hello and welcome to another episode of the Talking Heads podcast with me, Saul Walker. And me, Lucy Chamberlain. A new year beckons and with thoughts of spring on the horizon and the days gradually lengthening, now is an ideal time to focus your mind on the growing season that lies ahead. It's a time that can be filled with promise, plans and good gardening practice. So let myself and Saul entertain you with ideas for your garden, be it a compact courtyard or an estate with meandering acres. Horticultural principles remain constant whether your plot is large or small, so we hope that these episodes bring you the confidence, inspiration and reassurance to step out into your garden with enthusiasm. We'll also run occasional interviews with our gardening peers, giving insight into this multifaceted and fascinating industry. It's why myself and Lucy collectively have 45 years of professional horticultural dirt under our fingernails, and why we can't imagine our worlds without the joy and creativity gardening brings. If you want to be part of this journey, please do join us each week to look into the busy and exciting world of the modern head gardener. Well, hello everybody. Welcome back to another Talking Heads uh, podcast um, from me in Devon. Lucy is through my screen magically, but I know you're in Essex. So how... I am. I'm not, I'm not a little tiny lady in your computer. Uh, I know that could be the case, but... I am uh, in my lounge. The fire is alight. The Lovely. dog and the cat are sprawled out in front of the fire. And uh, here I am. Lovely to see you. I've got to say, it's actually turning out to be quite a good gardening week. The weather has improved dramatically since our frosts and wet weather that we've been going on about for weeks. It's dried up. It's sort of mid uh, single <laughs> figures, which is quite a nice gardening temperature yeah, to nice. be in. Uh, we're getting yeah, average for the time we're of year. getting on with things. I, I feel like the three or four weeks where we've been sort of either rained off or the frost has sort of slowed us down, we're now actually starting to crack on with a lot of work. I know I've had the, ch- I've been chainsawing and uh, pole pruning and lopping at laurel and you know those kind of jobs that January is all about, really. Mm. Yeah, well, no, that's really exciting. Really exciting. It's nice when the garden gathers pace. And I've noticed things are definitely on the move definitely. now. Or the yeah, um, we've got quite a lot of air, and the, the lords and ladies around the, the sort of like more wild parts of the the hall and the estate, they're all sprouting forth, uh, you know, with abundance. Um, the herbaceous borders are starting to produce. The tulips are n- nipping yep. through the shrub rose border. Mm. Yeah, so definitely, definitely, it's lovely. And my gosh, the evenings are pulling out, aren't they? Do you know it's great, isn't it? I actually drove mm. home about half my commute today was in a bit of sunlight I, I, very loosely i call it sunlight but not the dark uh, it's, yeah. it's it's nice to feel i think it, what we an hour extra at the moment when is the longest day it must be about a month away must not longest day oh, i'm saying the, the clock's churning no, oh i see we, spring forward fall back it's nice to know that we're just starting to get to that point where we can have a full gardening day. Yeah. i got to say, we were talking just off air that uh, really all the big jobs, all the laurel, the trees being cut up, that might be coming to an end either next week or the week after because mm. my lawn's my lawn is starting to grow. You yeah, know, and then you'll that be on that mower thing. thinking. Yeah. Well, it dep- I don't know. We don't know what the weather is like ahead. We are still, we should still say that we are in February and the potential for cold and storms is still on the horizon but um, yeah. I do feel like we might be getting back to some actual um, high-end horticulture rather than just hacking at uh, woody trees and stuff like that. That's I did watch a very interesting program on the Beast from the East uh, in the week 
uh, a good hour-long special and just reminding myself of the things that the weather can do in the United Kingdom in in March. Um, yeah, so as you say, we're not there yet, but it's, it's just nice to see that, you know, we like the signs of spring. Like, it just gets us excited. Like, spring is, I think spring is my absolute favourite season. It really is, followed by autumn and then summer, then winter. So, I'm, I am hoping for uh, quite a nice period of clement weather now <laughs> i think we've i think we've gone through our wet and cold i i have did say and i think i'm gonna touch wood and i probably have tempted uh, everything is that we haven't had any high winds we haven't really had any storms oh. that oh, i would sorry. describe yet yeah i know yeah. sorry it's all this fault everybody i don't need one because i'm still cleaning up stuff from last year yeah which is uh you know it just takes forever sometimes to get these things done but we haven't had anything like that yet nothing predicted either i must say i've had a look at the long-range forecast and i don't think we are in for anything like that yet the problem is we've got to keep an eye on our u.s cousins because what happens is they tend to have a storm that either goes up the east coast or somewhere in the caribbean and then that tends to track yeah, over the atlantic over doesn't it and then it hits us mm. and i haven't heard anything uh, well, if any of our Patrick, listeners in that region well i was gonna say if patrick's Patrick is listening our man. Yeah. yeah, let us know yeah. if anything happens because you are early warning radar in some ways. <laughs> you, are. you know, you are. if it happens to you, it will happen to us eventually. But yeah, I, I, I do hope we get away with a, a, a stormless year because that'd be quite nice. The last thing I need is a load more debris to, to clean up and everything. Exactly, exactly. No, I say it's just nice to think, yeah, we've got a clean sheet in front of us. The the garden year's starting. Uh, at the hall, um, we, you know, everything's looking really crisp and tidy. As we've said before, we love winter in the fact that it brings everything back to its bare bones. And then when you get your... Mm. Your edges and your, uh, you know, if you do do a zip over on the on the, the lawns or you sort of tidy up the borders and get things all snipped back and pruned back and you can just feel in your soul that you're getting on top of things and it, and all the leaves are now kind of like clear, cleared away and they're in the leaf mold pile and it's it feels good. It's a really nice feeling this time of year if you are on top of your game. And if you're not, don't worry, you, you'll get there bit by bit. We're not... We're not used to a frost down here or not a significant frost, but actually one of the things I have noticed is that... And I don't know if you get this, but it it fluffs up the the soil. Have you mm. know? I, I maybe I don't know. Please, if this happens to you, let us know. But it it seems to flocculate the soil. I, I know that's not the right word, but it and there's it well, it's the physical looks quite action, nice. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's something we don't get because we get so much rain. The soil looks like quite washed away and very oh, compressed yeah. down the west country because this frost has happened. It's sort of lifted it, fluffed it up, and actually. I was walking around the herbaceous borders because we haven't got to them yet. We'll cut those generally towards the end of February. Mm. I was actually thinking, God, we haven't mulched yet, but it actually looks like it's been mulched because of this heave, isn't it? It's soil yeah. heave due to well, the it's frost. Well, it's the, like you say, it's the water. When it freezes, it swells. And then as it swells, it sort of like physically forces the soil into places it shouldn't be. And that normally just is upwards because that's the only way it can go. Mm. And then also there's lots of worm activity. My uh, raspberry bed at home is full of worm casts. I'm is really it? pleased right. about that. So that's, a, that's a, a good, healthy sign. So I think the combination, like you say, you know, some decent frosts, um, there's enough moisture there that the worms are active and it's you know cool in the so they are really doing a lot of a lot of work right now as opposed to the heat of the summer when they they don't do an awful lot in that sense um yeah so mm. it's it's good the soil is in good working order and we mentioned a few episodes ago the importance of having your soil in fine fettle so yes, I'm glad that we're both um adhering to our own advice it just feels like it, things are looking quite good start again I've tempted what? Everyone to touch so- all the wood. 
Do you know this is I'm gonna jinx it. This is gonna be the best year ever. There you go. I've said it out loud. I've jinxed everything. <laughs> Don't keep poking Don't do that. <laughs> with fate. We've already done it, so um, there you go. I know, I know. I just feel like a, a good start, a good start to February, and, and looking forward. And I know that um, having looked at uh, social media and a few things, people are start. It happens every year, and I know it does. Everyone's starting to sow seeds. <laughs> uh, you know, you know that me and you think it's a little yeah. early, but yeah, we're gonna you know, sit on our people can't help. Longer. You know, they can't help but uh, start to uh, to do these things. So Gotta people be the are first. starting to. Yeah, people are starting to gear up, I guess, hmm. uh, guess to the season. But there's still lots to do winter work-wise, you know, lots of pruning. I know you've... Have you finished your rose pruning yet? I can't remember. Not quite. I was hoping to finish Not it quite. by the end of this month. And I do need to do another another day, maybe day and a half at it, depending on how, how kind of like fickle and pedantic I want to be. But the, I mean, the bulk of them are done. All the main walkways are done and the huge big sort of like hybrid tea rose beds and the big, big climbers against the walls. The banks here we did the other day and that was a big old beast of a thing. So I actually did that with Ian because I was a bit cautious about going up the ladder on my own. And actually in the end, Ian went up the ladder because he, he doesn't mind doing that kind of thing. And it got me, I got a nice view of his bum. So that was all right. <laughs> that uh, we're gonna actually... Have to... <laughs> Well, that brought disgust to Saul's face. Uh, so I do apologise yeah. to everybody who knows uh, my son. That was, uh, we're, I lowered the tone be, there. We're meant to be a PG podcast, you know. Yeah, we'll have sorry. to click on the explicit uh, button. Can, but, I change um, the, can I change the topic very quickly then? and say I, well, that, I, well, I wish you would. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say a shout out because um, those of you who, who see my stories and posts on Instagram will know that I got some seed potatoes delivered the other day from Potato House. And they're a company that I, for, I've seen in who? the last few they're called Potato House. Potato House. Potato House, and they are their their um, emails to to us. Are, they're, they're really knowledgeable and they're fantastic emails. They're really full of advice and info, and the the range of varieties they supply is is really good, really extensive. And I thought, um, all right. And so, and they've sent me some to try: some salads, some some earlies, and some bakers. So I am oh, going to, yeah. Have you? Can you see? They're Scottish. Yes, yes, yeah, all come all the way from, from Aberdeenshire. From, I had a lovely uh, yeah, um, paper bag full of um, some, my, a selection of, of different varieties. So thank you very much to you guys. I'm looking forward to getting Ooh, those, yeah, look at those planted. I've got some of them chitting already. My main crops are, are not, but all my salads, because I like lifting my salads quite early and my new potatoes, right. my first early. Yeah. They're all chitting away to to get, you know, a lovely early yield as much as I can. Yeah, so that was, that was a lovely thing to receive. Uh, so... And that always, again, when you see that tray of sea potatoes chitting, what a sign of promise it is, well, you know? It, it, absolutely. I've got to say, they've got a good range of... I know. ...of spuds. Yeah, I've gone for some reds, some blues, some yellows, so I'll be all over Instagram. But I, do you know what, what I want to do is check that they taste okay. This is the thing, because is, I know that Instagram is a yep. very much visual-led platform. But come on, guys, we also need to know that things taste good. So I'm going to try and find... Some potatoes that not only have the looks, but then have the taste to back it up, and that's what I'm always led by—the flavour. So, um, so that's my my objective there, and I'm yeah, I'm very excited. So, thank you very much, Potato House. I might have to look through and uh, grab myself a few of these seed potatoes. They look great. Yeah, they're not too shabby, are they? They're pretty good. Brilliant. Well, there you go—a bit of potato talk. Um, now we've got some other thanks to give. Um, we obviously every week get a few uh, donations on our Buy Me A Coffee or Buy Me A Plant page. And uh, this week is no uh, different. So a big thank you to 
a regular listener, someone I know really very well, and I know you know him through the, our social media, Springy Springy Steve yeah. of Jungle yeah, you do, you? <laughs> Exotic Garden fame. Um, a lovely garden just outside Oxford. Um, and a really nice guy. And the one thing I know about Steve is he's... he. When I first met him, he wasn't a, uh, a professional gardener, but he's made that leap dive. And I know mm. in the last few months, he's just become a garden supervisor or a, a garden in charge of an area. Oh, right. Um, so he's just started a newish job. Brilliant. And uh, it's a restoration job. So he's got lots of work on his hands. I know he mm. listens to us at work. So get back to work, Steve. Um <laughs> Get get digging, but uh, we're looking. For, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does at this garden, and uh, I think he's thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying the the change of uh, life that being a gardener brings. You know, Steve. Just for a minute, I know. So get said back. Get back to work, but just for a minute, pat yourself on the back and say well done, and also just stand up and have a stretch, ease those back muscles out, take a deep breath in. Hopefully, the sky is blue above your head. Just feel the sun of the warmth of the sun on your skin, and uh, and then, yeah, get back to work. <laughs> yeah, get back to work. Uh, and literally in the last five minutes, as we just started the podcast, we've had another one from Judy. Now, Judy is a uh, one of our international crowd from around the world. That We're always amazed to hear people listening to us. One of our 99 countries, places. my goodness. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Judy gardens in Nova Scotia, which is in Canada. Sorry, we had to look that. That's really not, I should have said we d- we had to look it up. I wasn't quite sure if we it were ninety percent sure it was Canada, but we, we were, had to confirm. Yeah, we didn't true. want to insult you, Judy, so we just yeah. did our research. As we, you'd expect nothing less from us. I should, I should hope. And I think she listens to us in her greenhouse. So if you're in your greenhouse now, Judy, enjoy whatever it is you're doing: propagation seeds, oh. plants, and stuff. I guess that they, they must be in our similar. They're a similar season to us if they're in the northern hemisphere aren't yeah, they? yeah it did look pretty much on the parallel with the uk yeah yes. so yeah. It, it might be a bit chilly so i hope it's not too chilly for you enjoy a bit of warmth in the greenhouse mm. so those are two of our uh, donations we also had a really nice question on twitter from steve now steve likes taking the mick out of me slightly but uh, these are good what? questions who would like doing that i tell you what steve yeah, you're exactly you're on my Christmas card list now. <laughs> <laughs> so two questions for Steve, and these are quite quickly answered. We're not. We're going to go on to our main topic in a minute. Yeah. Uh, firstly, Steve asks, "What do you both think you would be doing if not a head gardener?" This is a really interesting question. Yeah. What do you think, yeah. Lucy? What would you be doing? NASCAR uh, race driver? I don't know. Golf oh, caddy. Oh God, I'd love golf to be a caddy race driver. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I would have probably done, Steve? I was trained. I did train to be a florist before a horticulturist and I love arranging flowers or it, that, so it'd either be a florist that's within or, the that's within the same we were thinking yeah, something know, but that's in box. my blood isn't it you know I can't help it and then or true you're going to go completely off the wall so either that or I'd love to be I would love to have been a chef because I love my cooking mm, and I love cooking yeah. with with homegrown produce and I really do get a buzz from that so I think that might be where I would have led myself mm. uh, what you, you're going to suggest something entirely different for yourself now aren't you not no not too wacky I, I have a love for the sea and I have a love for life in the sea and I think I probably would have done marine biology if I had my mm. time again I, I do love uh, yeah the the nature going on to be honest anything that I did would involve nature being outside I, I, I could just couldn't see myself doing anything indoors or you know, away from the natural environment. So I guess it would be something in that vein. But marine biology is quite interesting. I think there's a lot to be seen under the water. Um, well, that plankton. Th- 
Plankton, and yes. Plankton, plankton and krill. And, plankton and yeah. krill. That would get caught up in your beard terribly, though, if you were going to do some scuba diving. So I'm glad well, you've like, chosen it, this, this it's route. A, it's a bit like the whale's baleen. It, it filters it filters <laughs> the plankton out of the water for <laughs> right. my food later. Um, there is a second question. We'll move on quickly. Okay. What is the greatest achievement we've had done as a head gardener? I, I joked at this one saying the greatest achievement I had was keeping my job. <laughs> <laughs> well done. What That's do you, what think? you think? Do you have any great uh, achievements? I I just enjoyed, I think, specifically about being a head gardener, I enjoyed turning the garden round to what in my mind was um, representative of all my um, sort of experience at Wisley and all the training I'd done and, and just feeling um, when we were at full throttle and we were doing, um, between the team, we were doing uh, eight days a week of full-time gardening work and that's what I would love to have the garden back at at some point because it I just felt really proud of it and I think Mm. that's so yeah so I think that was a really nice feeling it it is generally small things isn't it that you have instigated that I think gives you the best satisfaction for me it's quite interesting it's the compost heaps you know putting the compost heaps in getting a fully working three-year compost cycle through and just seeing the end product you know it's Mm. it's there's nothing more satisfying than a plan that comes together takes a long time three years is a long time to get it through but at the end it all works and now the system's there and it'll just keep cycling through so the salt yeah. walker system you need to patent the, it the salt walker i don't think composting could be painted by anyone i think it's always i think it's a natural process isn't it well i don't know i'm sure some kind I'm of sure some... thing on your tom- compost tumbler and say it's your own and you yeah, well that's the point isn't it i think yeah you could trademark anything if you prove it anyway i also say that my most proudest moment in the future will be um because we just did discuss this before Mm. uh and saw was thinking what am i going to say yeah i I have aspirations now to be um the um ambassador for custard creams so that's something (laughs) i'm going to aim at i think there's a role there for me i'm sure there'll be a po box number that we can send all the custard creams to for lucy yeah that's fine i'd love that you know we're going to get loads of the shows again. But we're not going to be it. I'm not. Yeah. It. And what's the problem with that? <laughs> Moving quickly on to tonight's yes, subject. I'm, I'm being a bit perverse tonight. I do apologise. I am professional. L- Lucy was at a press conference or a press uh, a media briefing recently. Media launch. The media. A launch. media launch. The, Is that what yes, it's called yeah, these days? Yeah, right. The 2023 media launch. Yes. Of the yeah. National Garden Scheme, mm. which is, for those who don't know, a charity that focuses on open gardens. You've probably best heard of them through what's called the Yellow Book, which is a big book of all the gardens that open in the UK or within your county. They all open for charity. Uh, the money goes to the NGS, then splits it into various great charities. I know you have all the facts and figures with the money, but we're going to talk tonight <laughs> about opening your own garden and whether you should do it, whether you should think yeah. about it, and why should you do it? And uh, hopefully persuading you that maybe the end National Garden Scheme, which has all the mechanisms for opening your garden already built in and a, and a nice, easy way of doing it, uh, maybe somewhere to go and visit. And we'll give you some of the details at the end if you want to do that. Mm. But um, you at the media briefing <laughs> no i've got that wrong again I'm like, media launch, media launch. Right. the 2023 media launch that's okay yeah yeah, yeah i was and it was a lovely um it was just over an hour the idea was to let all the the garden press know about what the ngs is planning for 
this year for 2023 and there was lots of new gardens on the books um so you would be interested in this and i thought straight away of you uh they would like very much to promote their by arrangement gardens because that's should. how you open stonelands so we're going to discuss that in a little bit more depth as they're we get the best into this gardens. episode yeah <laughs> and there was you know things such as they are doing a, an amazing job they raised a vast amount of money for some really worthy charities but in doing so they're also saying that they understand that the the garden day out should still be very affordable for people so they're not going to raise their prices in any significant way at all which is is very admirable of them i say they've got lots of new gardens coming in uh they're actually doing a, an awful lot more now of gardens that are um, involving schools and children which is fantastic they're, they're they're understanding that people need to be seeing gardens that are more diverse so lots of allotment sites as i say so there's community projects schools community projects. So that's, gardens, yeah 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 that's really good as i say i mentioned the you know by arrangement gardens um they're wanting to promote gardens that are rewilding so if anyone's got any plans to do that on their estates and they're picking up their ears at that, yeah, anything that's embracing rewilding, they'd love to hear from you about that. Uh, anything that champions well-being and good health. So, you know, all those sorts of aspects, all the great things about gardening that we know can be bought, they would love to showcase that as well. So, um, yeah, there's some really good work. And I just want to give you some stats about the amount of gardens that open for the NGS, which is, you know, jaw-dropping. So for 2023, over 3,500 gardens are going to be open for the NGS. A thousand of them as part of the group. So many of you, I'm sure, have gone on those lovely, lovely um, treks where you grab a little leaflet um, and a village map in your hand and then you traipse around all the different gardens that are open as a group. So that's a lovely thing to do. Um, there's 500 new gardens. Uh, Ooh, there's that's good. a thousand by arrangement gardens of which so that actually there's 1011 so you are part of that saw which is great yes. and lots of the gardens offer refreshments and plant sales and they welcome dogs and so all those sorts of things are very very positive and embracing and just add towards a lovely day out for anyone visiting an ngs garden yeah so i guess the key question is do you want to open your garden and, and why would you do it? Mm. Now, this is an interesting question because um, for many of us who work, especially in private gardens, and many of you who are probably have a private garden, mm. that's a hard decision to make. You know, I think the key thing to think of is, do you have a garden for something you want to show? You know, people want to come and see, trust. I will say, tell you now, there are lots of people out there who want to come and visit gardens you know mm -hmm. it's a lovely day out uh by arrangement gardens are fantastic for the groups so i get a lot of gardening clubs a lot of wis youth rays you know none gardening groups coming over to visit so there are lots of people who want to visit and they want to see good 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 gardens so if it's some if you feel that your garden is a, a worthy candidate i will highly recommend you you do open it it, it it can seem quite daunting having people coming around and, I don't know, having a nose at your garden. I think the, I'm sort of talking to the British here, mostly. We do have this uh, uh, thing about sealing ourselves off slightly. We, we we like fencing our gardens. You know, we like to have a, a bit of privacy. I thought you so, were saying you're all nosy. We like looking at people's gardens. Well, <laughs> but this is the, this is the alter, this is that other part of our psyche is that we do like to go and see stuff. Mm. Um mm. 
But whether you want to have people seeing your patch is, is a different thing. But I will say there's no need to be nervous because a lot of people really enjoy guns of any type. You know, I think maybe, I don't know, a few decades ago, People saw the NGS as quite, uh, you know, the elitist guns, you know, the, the guns right. that were that were professional or people have put a lot of money into. i got to say nowadays it's very different. People mm. want to see all of these different types of guns. You've already talked yeah. about the community-based gardens. Mm. The group gardens is great because you'll see guns all the way from highly manicured and different styles to just normal people's lovely, working back gardens. Such a melting pot. Yeah, it's such a lovely way mm. to see them. So... I, I highly recommend opening a garden because it gives your garden a bit of a focus. One thing I've uh, I worried about going from public horticulture, which I've worked in mostly, to going to private, is that the work I do would get stuck behind again a gate or a, a, a wall and wouldn't be seen in all its glory. All that hard work, mm-hmm. and yes, of course, the owners of my place see it and appreciate it. I hope, but it's quite nice to show off what I've done to other people. But also, my my estate, and I know your estate as well, Lucy, are historic. There's mm. a more interest to it beyond the blades of grass and the flowers. You know, there is some history to it, the evolution of the garden. We're very lucky to both have mature plantings of trees and, and bits and pieces that you might not get in other gardens. So, so people love to come and see the stuff and i and i like showing it off and i think it's a an integral part you know it does take me out of the garden i'll tell you that you know i've got to take these days to bring people in show them serve them tea you know it it, it does change my day but i think that time is spent is worthwhile yeah and at the end of the day with someone like the ngs um, and I will say this isn't the only people you can open with. There, there are other charities. But if you open it for a charity, you are making money. So it's worthwhile, not just the gardening element to it, but also for the, the charitable element as well. It's a win-win, isn't it, in that sense? I, it is. I mean, we, we've opened the East Donnellan Hall in the past. for the. It was for the local church. That was what the, the owners wanted to, to um, raise funds for. And I remember, as you say, you've got an, you've got a goal, you've got a target, and there's the head gardener or anyone working on that estate as part of a team. Mm. To have that goal, you're starting to plan what that garden's going to look like, say, when you're opening in June or whatever month it might be. You're making plans months in advance for that, you know, getting more bulbs in, stocking things up. It gives you a real focus. Mm. And then as you gradually get closer and closer to the event you start thinking right okay we'll get all the pruning done and we'll get all the you know the tidying up done and then there's all the little fine tuning bits that go on and all the tying in and making sure things look really great and then it's in the last few you know fortnight and weeks up into it you get the weed control really nailed so that you haven't got to go around and weed again before the garden's open you get all the straight lines looking really sharp and crisp all the edges done pick up all the soil the day before frantically get the signage out you know all that stuff is so enjoyable and lovely to do whether your garden's big or small you might remember last year so i opened my own garden for the hospital charity i remember before and that was again nerve-wracking but very very exciting and on the day itself my god it's an incredible feeling you know so i think what we're saying basically in a nutshell is yes okay it's daunting um and there are some bits that i if you have got concerns I, i actually spoke to one of the county organizers today just to give you some feedback on that for the NGS. Um, But yeah, you know, it it is such a rewarding 
thing to do. That's the overriding feeling you get, whether you're touring people around Stonelands and you've got a group of people hanging on your every word, or whether you're looking in your garden at home thinking, my God, all these people are here, you know, eating cream teas and enjoying my garden that I've worked on. It's lovely, isn't it? It really is yeah. rewarding. Mm. It's lovely. And if you want to go back to hear about Lucy's experience, episode 141 oh, well done. is when she opens her I garden. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I will say that opening your garden takes a bit of work. Lucy's already described some of the things. Mm. That is part of the positive. I know for a lot of people it could also be seen as a lot of hard work. I, I will say we the NGS is focusing a lot on by arrangement gardens this year. This is how I do it. Mm. Lucy in that episode did it just by general opening, letting people into the garden. I will say in some ways that is a bit of a more involved process because having volunteers, people running certain sections, having people in the garden. If you want to make it a little easier on yourself, the by arrangement is quite a nice way because you organise the time people are coming in, who's coming in. Mm. Generally I can run it on my own so it's a lot easier for me to do without having to have extra staff around etc um but there is some work involved in doing it it's not uh i i wouldn't highly recommend you just open your garden gates and let people flood in trust me if you don't have tea and cake ready as you open you're on to hiding for nothing but <laughs> but it's i think at the end of the day you get this a bit of a buzz you, you, the adrenaline kicks yeah, in. You, you do feel tired by the end of it, but yeah. Yeah, you definitely get the buzz. <laughs> yeah, you definitely get the buzz of being able to show show people your garden. So the process is is not uh, easy, but it's also one of those things that if you do it, you'll thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Just to go specifically back to the process that the NGS would follow, should you wish to approach them and say, actually, I'd like to open my garden up, or I'm considering it. Can you advise me, or can you, you know, just sort of see whether we're up to mustard or not? Um, you, if you look on the NGS website, uh, they're under um, opening your garden. You know how to do it. There's a link to all the county organisers. Um, and I spoke to Susan Copeland today because I thought I just want to see from Susan what you know, directly from her, what, what the process is. So um, they will ask you for a description of your garden and maybe some photos, and then they'll come and visit. And uh, at that point, they'll think, yeah, you know, the garden's really worth visiting, or maybe you could develop this area a little bit and maybe think about opening next year. So they're very, you know, proactive and wanting to help you to get your garden to the point where you think, yeah, I can I can open this up. What you don't need to do is worry about things such as, do I have toilet facilities? Because a lot of smaller gardens they don't but for example you could have a pub down the road or um, somewhere down the road that you can just recommend people go to or if you don't offer teas and cakes and things because that can be quite an undertaking for the day there's a lot of staff needed to help you out and, and volunteer their time there again if you've got a local cafe you can just highlight that to people if your parking's an issue um, what Susan's saying with she would advise us maybe open in the middle of the week because then that eases the um, the parking issues and the amount of people coming or do a, a by arrangement as Saul does so that mm. you know it's limited numbers and they're going to be, as we say, maybe in the weekday. And, and so that really helps you out. There's loads of ways to overcome anything that you could view as an obstacle. It's, it's not viewed in that way. So please don't think that, oh gosh, I haven't got this or I can't do that. Just approach your local, local county organiser, speak to them about it, and they can give you loads of suggestions for ways to bypass that or combat it. So I honestly think it's such a, a worthwhile conversation to have. 
And you know, the one thing I was going to say is, don't worry about the size of your garden. I think uh, mm. especially yeah, the smaller gardens get very nervous that their garden's not worth visiting. Trust me, we want to see all sizes of garden. Just because me and Lucy have acres that we can trawl groups and people over to show them multiple things and big borders and, I don't know, vegetable gardens and things like that. no. Don't worry about it. If you've got what you think is horticultural excellence, actually, some of the gardens that I visited that are small and very focused and show an owner's love for a plant or a group of plants or a style of garden are actually far more fascinating to me in some ways Mm. than a, a, a big garden. And sometimes you get lost in a big garden, whereas with a small garden, especially if you the owner's there, and you're discussing it with them, I find that very, very invaluable way of learning more about my trade than visiting very similar gardens to my own. At the end of the day, I don't want to go to another Stonelands at the weekend. (laughs) I actually want to go somewhere different and see different stuff that excites me. So if you've got just a national collection, I know there's a garden that is just ginkgos, hundreds of ginkgos, you know, and that may not sound interesting, but I tell you what, that's a fascinating space mm. full of all these different types of ginkgo. So if you've got something wacky or interesting, they want to hear from you just as much as us big estates with acres of rolling lawn and all kinds of things. Yeah, I think smaller gardens are more achievable and more realistic mm. for most Absolutely. of us. And so you can relate to them. And that we, I think we touched on an episode, was it last episode or episode before, saying about plantings and the style of plantings big spaces do have a total different style of planting to smaller ones you know they have huge big sweeping beds whereas Mm. smaller gardens do have more of a tapestry effect of of plantings mostly and in that sense again you can relate to that um in your own garden and and susan said to me you know if you're thinking about opening up but you worry that your garden's not going to hold interest for enough time what they often do is say well open up at the same day that one of our other NGS gardens is going to be opening locally. So people can then visit both gardens, one in the morning, one in the afternoon, or whatever it might be, or both, you know, in half a day. So there's, as I say, there's loads of ways to combat what you might have viewed as a barrier to to opening your garden. Please don't don't think about it in that way. Just uh, get in touch and and do some good. I do have some stats on the numbers, the the number of the, the amount of money that's been raised by the NGS. So can we quickly talk about that as a because it's it's jaw dropping. Yeah, I just want to give you as I say a slice of the financial rewards that these uh, that the NGS has actually put into the the community because it's it's incredible. So in um, last year, they raised a total of, wait for this, £3.1 million. Pounds. Okay, just by opening the gardens. That is, Isn't that insane? That is That's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So there's um, quite sizable lumps went to some really um, deserving um, charities. So Marie Curie, Macmillan Cancer Support, Hospice UK, the Queen's Nursing Institute, they all got £450,000 each. Uh, the Carers Trust and Parkinson's UK got £350,000. Um, so that's fantastic. Uh, you've got then uh, people who promote garden and health. Um, the beneficiaries of that were Maggie's Garden, Horatio's Garden, uh, the Soldiers Charity, Green Fingers. They all got between them £300,000. And then actually some gardeners are supported as well. So people like English Heritage, Perennial, um, uh, botanical gardens the professional gardeners trust the garden museum they all got some uh some funding too so you know honestly all we can say collectively is that opening your garden is a hugely 
rewarding, yes, nerve-wracking, but rewarding ultimately thing to do. And don't lose sight of that. That's why we're doing it. Obviously, yes, it's great to get inspired and to have some cake and to have a nice day out, but ultimately you can do a huge amount of good for the, the wider community. So if in any doubt, give those uh, local county organisers a call from the NGS and see what you can do. That brings us to the end of today's episode. We hope you enjoyed listening and look forward to you joining us again for the next instalment. If you'd like to contact myself or Saul, we're free to chat on our social media platforms. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at HeadGardenLC and you can find Saul on Twitter at GardeningSaul. Any review you'd like to leave via your podcast provider would be gratefully received. Winter peels back the garden's layers to reveal its bare bones, allowing us to reflect, assess and adjust our intentions. Visits to specialist nurseries, orders with seed merchants and conversations with our employers all drive exciting changes for the year rolling out before us. Emerging snowdrops, swelling buds and strengthening sunlight all indicate that something momentous is about to occur and we'd love to experience that with you. So, until the next episode of Talking Heads, goodbye! goodbye.